0: Welcome to episode 14 of The Route, a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nesimento and uh, let's get started. On today's episode, we actually have a guest I think a lot of you are going to connect with. You know, they went to school here in Canada, specifically at Laurentian University. And you know, the, uh, today's guest realized, you know, they wanted to get a career in sports administration and like many who are probably listening, you go down that route of going to sports administration, sports uh, management, or you know even just taking a business degree and trying to see if you can get involved in sports. And then once you finish your degree, you're like, hmm, how do I get involved with, with the industry specifically, or even how to get a part of the the sport operations side of things rather than just on the corporate side. And today's guest was able to do that. And he really shows a interesting route in the sense of he didn't go straight from you know degree to help me out on, on the hockey operation side but you know started off in a sales role and kind of worked his way to, to where he is now so with that I think a lot of you're gonna be able to connect with that and maybe see how you can do things similar to heated and maybe add uh, pieces and parts of it to, to what you're doing so just keep all that in mind when you're listening to the episode and see if you can maybe take a little nuggets for for you here and there uh, additionally I just I think I'm gonna start doing this in the sense of Saying where I met this person so you can see how uh, you can connect with others that aren't necessarily in your in your current network so quickly before the episode begins I actually met today's guest um, Sean via LinkedIn what I like to do when I connect with people on LinkedIn is always um, supply a message along with the, the connection request I find that way it uh, becomes much more successful and then you know try out these different types of messages you can send and I've been talking to a few uh, few listeners about that last week um, additionally uh, if you want to get in touch with a guest or with myself or any recommendations of people you want to hear from in the future, uh, just let me know on, uh, on my social media accounts, so Nascimento Marketing, N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M-K-T-G on Instagram and Twitter. That'll be in the episodes, uh, episode notes as well if you'd like to, to check it out. Uh, other than that, I think let's get into today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'd now like to welcome someone who has experience in ticketing, scouting, operations, and most importantly, data analytics. The manager of hockey operations at Ontario Tech Men's Hockey, Sean Myers. Welcome to The Route. How are you?
1: Hey, Chris. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Not to be too cliche, but uh, I watched Moneyball when I was 13, and I was super interested in the whole process that they are doing, or Brad Pitt, and the role he played. I was wondering, did that have any impact on your career and do you have any interest or did that spark anything with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely really enjoyed the movie Moneyball when it came out. I thought, you know, it was right around the time I was in university and it had the perfect blend of, you know, math, business, sports, a little bit of everything. So I definitely took an interest in it and it actually kind of uh, triggered me a little bit and maybe an area that was... A little undervalued in sports and sport management so kind of somewhere I tailored my my learning towards
0: yeah absolutely that, that makes sense and then just kind of going back to you're saying you're in university when the, the movie came out did that have any impact with you trying to get involved with the Laurentian hockey team and then maybe which kind of classes you'd be taking at Laurentian as well for the BCom
1: Yes, so I I went to Laurentian University and studied sports administration. Um, I was kind of sold on their program that uh, they offered a business degree with a specialty in sports. Um, It was a whole new experience for me moving away from home at 17, but um, I I really took advantage of the opportunity and I I wanted to learn and grow as an individual. Um, When I was there, I took all kinds of business courses, but they all had a bit of a sport twist to them, so I was taking sports finance, sports economics, sports marketing, all kinds of stuff that I knew at the end of the day I wanted to eventually work my way into the sports industry and I needed that business background to get there and um, when I was actually at Laurentian their hockey programs came back both men's and women's and I remember in the early phases as the program was getting off the ground they were looking for people to help out and help with the business side of things for the school program and I reached out just to put out a feeler and see if, you know, there was any interest in bringing me on. And um, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to work with both the women's and men's programs, uh, just helping getting them off the ground.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. And uh, just kind of working on from there. What kind of things did you learn just by working with the, the school team and just building it up? so
1: much to learn with uh, the programs coming back everywhere from building a brand for the program to um, helping with you know their social, their marketing, learning business plans and developing them for trying to get students to games and increasing exposure for the school through recruitment and whatnot. Um, There was so much to learn and honestly I think that was probably one of the most valuable learning experiences I had, being a part of that. Just working with something from the ground up and um, i was fortunate enough to work with a great team there and a couple of great coaches who um, really had a good impact on me
0: yeah that's interesting and you kind of touched on recruitment there i was kind of wondering what the i guess process is for recruiting and what kind of things schools would do to bring in student athletes
1: yeah so well we I was more so, like, in a recruitment sense, involved in just developing the platforms and stuff for the coaching staff to sell players on and whatnot. Um, In my new role with Ontario Tech University in Oshawa, I'm more involved with the program and actually scouting, evaluating, and trying to recruit those players. So you start at ground zero with trying to, you know, see who's out there, who's available, and solely working your way up and communicating with them. Seeing if there's mutual interest and eventually selling them on your program in school.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And I guess just kind of building on from there and just kind of getting into your career. Do you mind maybe explaining where your route went on from from Laurentian to where it is now?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, It's it's been all over the place, to be completely honest with you. When I was in school, I thought I had everything mapped out of where I was going to go and what I was going to do, and you know what my interests were, but in reality, it's, it's been all over the place. When uh, I was at Laurentian, I actually took on a few different opportunities. I was fortunate enough to actually take on an internship role with the Toronto Maple Leafs through MLSC as their media relations intern. And that was my first real exposure to the professional sports industry. And, you know, the, in, at Laurentian, they, they taught us the basics of, you know, dressing for success and being presentable and interacting and whatnot. But in my time at MLSC, it was all about putting that stuff to use, networking and trying to build my resume and network for a future career. And I've since then, I was in two thousand and fourteen that I actually did that internship and I'm still in contact with some people I met there. Um, but following that, I actually right out of school, I got a position with the Toronto Blue Jays on their sales team and it was a lot of fun. It was my first real exposure to working in the industry, and it was actually in sales, and it was something I was not super familiar with, and it's not something that I ever really envisioned myself getting into, but just when I came out, it was an opportunity to you know work full-time with the Blue Jays in their front office, and um, I jumped at it right away, and it was something that I um, have no regrets about I really enjoyed it. I was fortunate enough to be there for their two playoff runs in 2015 and 2016 and um, yeah no it was it was really great experience just learning the ins and out of sales working with a lot of great business professionals there and seeing the different dynamics of the different parts of business
0: yeah absolutely and kind of a question I kind of had there is I noticed from the various guests I've had on including yourself that It seems that a lot of people to get started in the sports industry, they take on sales positions, maybe because there's always like a need and it's kind of the bottom line of a team to bring in revenue and kind of operate everywhere else. How do you find uh, a sales role and what kind of opportunities may it lead to?
1: Well, Like I mentioned kind of before, like I never envisioned myself getting into sales and it's something that I would tell um, students who are in sports business programs now to not close the door on. There's more opportunities in sports sales than, in my opinion, any other field in sports business, and it's a great way to get yourself in the door. Um, you, you'll build—you don't even realize that you're building the selling skills throughout your life, and building on those at a professional level helps your development in general. I, uh, I, I would recommend it to anyone who's looking to get into the field because. Once you're in an organization, you can network, you've got the opportunity to meet people in different departments if you want to switch, or you might even find that, you know, hey, look, sales is actually a lot of fun. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm making decent money, and it's something that you want to continue to pursue.
0: Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you kind of touched on the, the skills that it provides. Do you mind maybe touching on what kind of skills you gained and how you learned them?
1: Yeah, just in general chatting with people um, building relationships it's a lot of relationship management depending on what kind of sales you're doing and just getting comfortable talking with people there when i first started with the with the blue jays i remember working in a in a bullpen sales area it's it's a little bit intimidating to pick up the phone and make cold calls or you know have tough conversations with clients but as you get more familiar and comfortable with it you can pick up the phone any day, any time and, and make those calls and have those tough decisions or, you know, get business done. And that's something that's super undervalued, I feel like, because later on in life, no matter what industry you're in or what kind of business you're doing, you're going to have to have those conversations, whether it be with a boss or a potential partner. And that was something that I felt like was just something I that grew on me. And I would say another thing that was big was learning how to network, whether it be with clients or coworkers or um, just anyone potential leads and stuff like that it's so important to build those relationships because you never know where they're going to take you and you never know when you may need a favor from someone else
0: yeah for sure and do you mind maybe just kind of saying where it went on from there and how that sales role with the blue jays kind of furthered yourself and led to new opportunities
1: yeah no absolutely so um I was working with the the Blue Jay sales team, and um, after about two and a half years with the team, I decided that I wasn't entirely enjoying the commute to the big city. I was looking to get something a little bit closer to home or outside the city, and I was fortunate enough that one of the only local teams to me, I'm I'm actually from Whitby, was the Oshawa Generals, and a sales position opened up with their team. And I applied and I was fortunate enough to get the position. And one of the main reasons outside of, you know, not enjoying the commute and not necessarily wanting to move to downtown Toronto was the fact that I wanted to build and work on my skills, developing deeper relationships with clients that I wasn't entirely able to do with the Blue Jays. At the Blue Jays, I had so many accounts at various levels and I did so many different types of business that... A lot of relationships, I never got to meet the people or I would never, you know, get to really know them on a personal level. It would be all business. And with the Oshawa Generals, I was able to meet a lot of my my clients, get to know them personally. And I'd see them every week at games throughout the season. And we'd have, you know, conversations and I was able to work with them on what they needed. And um, we were really able to leverage those relationships and not necessarily just for business, but just in personal relationships like we were able to you know help each other other's lives
0: yeah that's interesting that you say that because I feel like that's kind of a trend that I've been noticing from all these conversations that I've been having that it seems as though it's always great to get with the big organization it's a goal of many but it seems that starting your career off with maybe a junior team a, a minor baseball team or even a smaller market uh, professional team it allows you to kind of gain much more experience and hands-on experience, I guess you could say, where you get to really build out those relationships and work on bigger projects and have a bigger say. So I guess from what you're saying is by working with the generals, it really helped further those skills that you developed and it allowed you to kind of grow more, right? And I'm sure that's what kind of led to you going to Arizona.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the generals, I mean, I transitioned from a – you know, working sales team of 20 plus individuals to an entire organization of 10 people uh, who worked on the business side with the gens so when we'd have our weekly meetings I would get to see what was going on in every facet of the business whether it be marketing or social media uh, hockey operations like that was all at the table whereas when I was with the Blue Jays although you know you did get to see every part of the business in a roundabout way. You weren't really as involved in the decisions and you didn't really, uh, you weren't as needed in those facets. Whereas at the gens, it was all hands on deck for everything. If there was an event going on, you were there. If there was a push for something, you were there. You were all working together as as a small team to get business done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And then, so how did that maybe working with an OHL team lead to those experiences with with a bigger club like the coyotes so
1: I, I've just been trying to really get as much experience as I can in hockey and whether it be scouting or recruiting or anything um, I, I've just trying to been do trying to do everything I can whether it be at a volunteer basis or full-time or part-time and I knew with the way that business was transitioning in hockey operations that I needed to develop my skills with basic analytics and uh, data tracking and stuff like that so I actually chatted with someone I know within the organization with the Coyotes and just saw if there was potentially a gap there in which I could help them um, in any area in hockey operations but more specifically in analytics and a position opened up and um, it's not a full-time capacity role by any means, but it's giving me that experience to work on my skills and, and learn a lot about that area of the industry. And I mean, hopefully, it's going to be translatable in the future if I want to uh, further that element of the business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just kind of wanted to maybe I didn't make this clear enough that you're working with a uh, the manager. You're a manager of hockey operations at. Uh, Ontario Tech and you're working with the Coyotes as well. And I kind of just wanted to ask about analytics more specifically whether it's with the Coyotes or with Ontario Tech because it's such a growing industry and it's becoming more and more valuable. Do so I maybe touch on what kind of things you may be doing with uh the university compared to the Coyotes and how valuable it is to kind of gain an edge on your competition.
1: Absolutely. No uh Analytics is such an evolving area of the business. I know a lot of teams are getting involved in it. And one of the biggest things I would say about that is it's very timely and and requires a lot of, you know, power, human power to get analytics done, whether you're evaluating a player via video or in person it's it's different avenues so obviously the coyotes are operating at a much larger scale so they'll analyze players a lot more in depth watching lots of game film and having tons of metrics to look at players by um, whereas with ontario tech in my day to day it's it's more so an eye test you know notes on player strengths and weaknesses and and minor analytical notes whereas when working with the coyotes they have a large database I guess you could say in which they have metrics that they want to track because those are the valuable things they find valuable and that they would like to further analyze with potential players.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense what you're saying about how it's timely and there's different kind of items that each team or school or organization looks for. And I was just kind of wondering maybe not necessarily what the process is for those teams or what those specific characteristics are, but what does the whole kind of um process look like when you're evaluating let's say a, a potential recruit do you sit down and watch video on them do you go to a game do you just write it down what kind of tools are you using to to evaluate these different players
1: i'd say the eye test is one of the biggest things still although things are are trending towards more video research um, the eye test is huge in, in evaluating a players to see things that aren't necessarily captured on video like body language and you know, the way they are off the puck or off screen. So that's still important to me when I'm looking at a player. But um, based on geographical, uh, I guess you could say difficulties or hurdles, some players I do watch mostly on video. And when you're looking at them, you're kind of looking at two things. You're looking at how they are as an individual and any kind of gaps that we have as an organization. And I work with our coaching staff in Ontario Tech here to, you know, evaluate what those needs are and how someone could potentially fit into our lineup.
0: Yeah, it makes sense and it seems as though you guys are kind of I guess you could say bridging old school hockey ideals and modern uh hockey in the sense that you're using analytics but you're also using the eye tests, eye test and really looking at who the player is and what they're like and the kind of body language that you can't really just use analytics to evaluate. And it's kind of interesting you said that cuz I've been I've been working with a uh, with a software developer who's created these hockey apps, and that's kind of something they've been trying to work on in the sense that they've created these scouting sheets for via apps, so people like you or scouts don't need to be using paper; they can really just evaluate using a intuitive tap on the iPad and then just going by there and having the data aggregated. So it seems as though you guys are really looking at various processes to come. More efficient and uh, maybe gain an edge anywhere you can. I guess you could say because there is a lot of geographical restrictions that you have to look into. And I'm just curious of maybe with Ontario Tech, do you guys maybe limit who you look at, whether it's in a specific region, or do you guys open to anyone within Canada?
1: I, I think the biggest thing with Ontario Tech, you know, being a newer university, it almost and I always say to the coaching staff, we tie in with that whole moneyball mentality. We're one of the newest universities in new sports, and we're a very competitive team. But you know, we compete against teams who have hundreds of years of experience and history behind them. So when we're looking at players, we're we're looking all over the map. We'll never we'll never rule someone out based on any geographical restrictions. Whether it's watching them on film for a week if we have to, just to take a look, because you know, when it comes to recruiting. It really is that money ball attitude. You're looking for you know, players who compete hard every night, are good players to have in your dressing room, and also have a mutual interest in wanting to further their education and put the time into being a good student athlete. We had nine all-academic Canadians last year on our roster, which w- was huge for the program, and we want to continue to develop that and, and put Ontario Tech on the map as a top competitor in U sports.
0: Yeah, that, that's incredible to hear and it's really impressive too. You guys kind of, uh, is that something you guys look to market in the sense when you're trying to bring recruits saying that you can come play high-level hockey here with us, but you'll also get a, a great education in the sense that, yes, all universities will provide this, but you're kind of really displaying it with, by having players be all Canadians and that it's really doable there and you guys have systems in place to make sure they succeed.
1: Absolutely. We provide them with all the resources that they need to succeed, and um, definitely a talking point when we're talking to recruits that they're going to be there, they're going to get their education. It's truly up to them to pick a program in which they can enjoy their four or five years of playing hockey, and also set themselves up with that degree at the end of that time to continue with a career that'll last them, ideally, the rest of their lives. So. It's so big at the eSports level to, to find good student athletes, and that's something that our coaching staff continues to do year after year.
0: Yeah, and um, you you kind of been touching on over the last few minutes of what you really do as a manager of hockey operations at uh, Ontario Tech University, and I was just wondering if you can maybe give more of a day to day and what your your role really looks like in a whole.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Being a U sports team, um, our, our staff isn't, isn't very big. So I try and help out wherever I can within the organization. So it, it ranges anywhere from, you know, your recruiting and scouting to planning for next season, whether it be road trips, travel um, throughout the season, statistics, tracking all kinds of stuff. And that's one of the cooler things about working for a university hockey program is the fact that you can really diversify yourself in your skills moving forward. So it's, it's kind of an area where I would would definitely recommend it to anyone looking to get into the hockey industry, whether it be, you know, taking on an internship to gain exposure or if you're looking to, you know, find out what part of the business you really enjoy. Um, To take a chance on it like a university team has all kinds of different business needs they need to take care of and generally it's only a few people who are responsible for handling that so you know if you're looking to get into marketing or social media or sponsorship or statistics or anything like that there's there's always opportunities and there's there's teams throughout the country that are looking for help so it's something that i would definitely recommend
0: Yeah, that's great to hear. And I'm sure a lot of students who are hopefully listening are kind of maybe considering that, oh, maybe that's something I can do and to get involved and maybe help further understand where they want to go later on in their career. And with that, I was just wondering, do you have any kind of stories that stick out over the years that you'd want to share about your your career in sports?
1: So many interesting, you know, footnotes, I guess you could say, about, my time in sports has been all over the place from, Oh, I don't even know where to, where to start, but my, one of my most memorable ones would be the Jays two playoff runs being in the Rogers center for those two years of, of playoffs with, you know, the Batista bat flip and all the stuff that was going on there and just being able to celebrate with everyone in the Jays front office and stuff like that. When those games were, were being won so historic and, um, Yeah, just a lot of good, good experiences over the years, really learning a lot, whether it be, you know, through tough times or big wins, it's been all over the place, but that's all part of learning really. And to be completely honest with you, there's been a lot of road bumps or curves in the road for me, but I've enjoyed the entire ride and I'm happy to be where I'm at now because of it all.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. That makes sense. And it's crazy that you were there for the backflip because I remember that perfectly just sitting in my living room and seeing that. But just touching on uh, the bumps that you're kind of just talking about on, on your road to where you are now, um, something that's not usually talked about is kind of the fears people have leading up to their career. So someone who, like myself, when I first started networking, I was scared like crazy just going to a networking event. I was shaking my boots. And usually everyone always asks about, oh, what are your dreams? What are your career aspirations? But looking back at when you first started, what's something that you were kind of fearful or i don't know if anxious is the best word but kind of anxious about doing or about the, the the furthering of your route
1: i mean there's absolutely adversity you have to battle when you get into the industry it's uh i always tell students when they're talking to me for advice that when you come out of school there's going to be hundreds and thousands of people who have comparable or similar degrees or diplomas to you and want to get into the sports world and you need to find a way to make yourself stand out whether it be through volunteering or leadership roles and stuff like that that helps you separate yourself and at the same time like you mentioned about the networking thing those are some of you know at first they used to be some of the most intimidating things for me but looking back on it they're so beneficial and they're so good for your career development to just introduce yourself to people see if you can help them or how they can help you and just get to know people on a personal level. It doesn't always have to be about meeting someone for a gain. You just need to meet someone and find out, you know, who they are, you know, what their interests are. And then eventually down the road, if, you know, they reach out to you for something, you can help them out or they can help you out. And I mean, to anyone who's scared about getting started in the industry, it's it's gonna take time. Like for me myself, I found throughout my ride that there were times where I said, you know, this isn't exactly for me there's X reason why I don't want to do this. So that's going to trigger me to, you know, look for my next, I guess you could say, avenue to go down that makes more sense for my career development. And when you come out of school, you might not know what you want to do. And to be completely honest with you, that was like me. When I got into sales, I had no idea. I had such little selling experience and knowledge of that part of the industry. But I really just wanted to work in sport and I knew it was a foot in the door. And looking back on it, it was so invaluable doing that. Like I I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Yeah, and if you could go back and speak to yourself when you're coming out of university or even to maybe someone who is coming out of university now, what's maybe some advice or tips that you'd give them that you wish you knew when you first came out?
1: I'd say one of them would be it's not a race. Finding out what you enjoy doing in business is, is by no means a race don't do something for too long because it's something you don't enjoy you know focus on the things that make you happy and make you want to go to work every day um, because at the end of the day that's you know how you get by day to day and it's going to be ideal if you can find something you like it'll be your career for hopefully your entire working life
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> that's that's honestly i don't think there's any better advice you can get from there because I had a, a similar scenario with starting an accounting and realizing it wasn't for me, but I'm sure that advice you just gave will resonate with a lot of people. And I think this whole episode will give some valuable insight to whoever's listening. So thank you for taking the time and joining the podcast. And unless you have anything else to add, uh, thanks for joining.
1: No, I'm good. I'm a pre- I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, I, I think I mentioned before, but feel free to reach out if you have any questions or if anyone listening to this podcast has any questions or, or needs any advice or you know, anything really. That's one of the biggest things about I find the industry is just having an open ear and willing to lend advice to someone who needs it. There were so many times I can think about in my few years in the industry that I had to reach out to someone to ask for tips or advice, and um, I'm always willing to give back. So feel free to reach out, and I, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, of course, and thank you. I'm I'm sure I'll be reaching out. I'm sure, hopefully, others will as well. Thank you. That's the end of the recording with uh, with Sean today. And uh, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I think uh, Sean's interview would provide a lot of the listeners with insight they can really connect with because you know Sean went to school similar to they did, or you know uh, received a degree in a similar program right here in Canada as well. And you know he he took a route that they're that they're currently looking at and hopefully trying to, to work towards. So I just want to thank Sean one more time for taking the time, coming on to the episode, sharing his stories and experiences with us. And that's basically the end of the episode. If you want to stay up to date with what's going on in regards to the podcast or, you know, with anything I'm doing in my career or with Nesamento Marketing as a whole, follow me on social media at Nesamento Marketing. So N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M-K-T-G on Twitter or Instagram. Or, you know, feel free to send me a message on uh, LinkedIn as well. Other than that, that's the end of today's episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. See you guys next episode on Thursday. <laughs>